0: This is Geeks and Jocks. And welcome back to Geeks and Jocks, episode 148, recording, March 30th, 2023, this is Ryan Sullivan, glad to have you here. Before getting into this episode, this podcast is part of Spotify as a part of their Binding with anchor.fm. You can also find this on Spotify. <laughs> said it's third time. Uh, Radio Public and Google Podcasts are other destinations for geeks and jacks. So, plenty of content awaits. So, head on down to those places. <laughs> so, definitely got some stuff to talk about, including some thoughts on TikTok, a little bit political television, and maybe a couple other things sports, movies, and a couple gaming-related stuff, including an emulator that's uh, supposed to be pretty nice. So let's get into it. So let's head straight to the movies, because a lot of action for number one. So this comes with the fourth John Wick movie. Chapter Four. I think this was supposed to be. This was supposed to be made a couple years ago, but obviously, because of COVID, it got pushed back, pretty obviously. So the numbers were really impressive. About a little over seventy million, give or take. Take a look at the numbers according to BoxOfficeMojo.com. So the numbers uh, about seventy three point eight million, pretty good considering the movie cost about a hundred million dollars. But it actually, wound up having a huge week across the entire world. Where it stands right now, with numbers updated as close as Tuesday, eighty six point one million domestic and sixty six and a half internationally. So it's already made 150 plus. So this movie will already be a big success, no matter what. So, number two comes the next number uh, Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods. 9.3 million. So, already this movie dropped. We're looking at, as of right now, 47.6 domestic and almost 56 million internationally. Just barely made it to 100 plus million. So no doubt, this will not be a bomb, but it's not going to be a hit either. I haven't really seen any ads for it either, so I don't know. Take a guess on why you think it failed, and it could be multiple reasons. I mean, big drop. I mean, nearly seventy percent. Number three, Scream Six, and the next two uh, with number three and four, the numbers are almost one hundred fifty thousand less for the next one. Uh, Scream Six at eight point three million, having a pretty good run so far. Ninety one point four. Uh, million and almost 50 million internationally, sitting near 141 altogether with the 8.3 uh, weekend. Number four, Creed 3, 8.1, finds itself at 141.3 million right now. And almost 106 internationally, so this has probably made a small little profit, already nearing 250 million. And this is coming off the heels of Jonathan Majors, who plays Michael B. Jordan's uh, friend in the movie, getting arrested for for assault. This guy has been on the up-and-up, I would say, over the course of the last six months with some of the movies that he's done. Regardless of how you feel about the reception of stuff like that Korean War movie, I forget what it's called, and obviously the Ant-Man movie, but it definitely hurts him for the time being, really hurts him. Number five is 65. 3.2 million. Can't imagine. Yeah. 28.4 domestic, 21.2 internationally. This is not even going to reach 60 million. That all depends on if that budget of 90 is accurate or not. I wouldn't be surprised if it is, considering what they probably had to do with that movie. <sighs> with all that said, obviously not the hit that Sony wanted to, to see fail. Number six, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, 2.4 million. I mean, it's still chugging along, kind of. two hundred ten point three domestic and 259.8 internationally 470 million worldwide it, it, it's going to be disappointing it's going to be hugely disappointing when you consider all the things about it and this is coming off another another sh- shake up like, they just fired somebody. Yeah, Ike Perlmutter. Perlmutter. Chairman of Marvel Entertainment, laying him off. Guy has been involved with investing in several stuff Marvel, Coleco, Remington, Revco. crazy amount of stuff he done. I wonder if he was involved in getting something like the ColecoVision. Just food for thought. <laughs> he sold oh, he sold Marvel to Disney for four point billion. What's That's crazy. He oversaw the Consumer Products Division, and not part of the Kevin Feige-led studios. Yeah, this is part of the seven thousand job cut that's happening, trying to cut five point five billion. And this is along with the Victoria Alonso thing that's going on. For, uh, gotta look at that because I. Th- I want to look her up. Victoria Alonso, Because I believe there's some stuff going on. There's some stuff... One of the biggest things is from Hollywood Reporter. There's some stuff also from other sites. Breach of... Contract, legal action supposedly, a bunch of stuff. One of them includes something about gay references and stuff on one website, the Hollywood Reporter, and just. Relating to personal passion project about human rights and democracy that was nominated. Huh. A lot of weird things going on with Disney, especially with I think being stripped of power in Florida, like governing power. It's just a mess of the situation, and if. If Guardians fails in May, I mean, it could mean a lot of things could get much worse over at Disney, but I wouldn't imagine Guardians 3 is going to fail. I would imagine it will do well. Number 7, Cocaine Bear. Just over 2 million over the weekend. So it's made 62.5 mil domestic and just a little bit shy of 18 million internationally. So obviously small small stuff, I mean, to the movie, you know, a little more profit. Number 8, Jesus Revolution. Just a little shy of reach at number 7, uh, 1.9, which is why it's at number 8. Hard to believe it's nearing $50 million. That's not too bad, all things considered. Number 9, Champions one and a half million. So I am not sure this is going to be looked at as a as a hit by any means. I'm not sure. It's just stuff from Focus just doesn't really do well, and the it's only made fifteen and a half million altogether, about ninety percent of it being here in the states. And number 10, Avatar, The Way of Water. 1.3 million. The numbers, I mean, 2.3 billion, 680.6 domestic, and 1.629 billion. I believe it's on some streaming and... And out on DVD and Blu-ray. Gonna look for some other stuff over the weekend because uh, not too much. Helen, believe in Sin Couple Masi 2 are limited releases for today. A couple wide releases, actually four wide releases. A good person, which is the Zach Braff written and directed movie, that's getting a wide release. Spinning Gold. wonder what that is. A biopic of 70's record producer Neil Bogart. Bogart, co-founder of Casablanco Records. Hmm. Not sure that'll be a hit, but maybe it'll resonate with some people. A thousand and one. Curious about... Looks like one of those older type of movies. Set in New York. Hmm. Like a... Might be an older movie. Might be like someone set in like an older time, if I had to guess. And the last one, Dungeons & Dragons. Honor Among Thieves. So this will probably be the big movie as far as will probably be the biggest of the new movies this weekend. Whether that beats out Wick, that's another story in itself. Other releases coming out, Malum, Smoking Causes Coughing, Summoning Sylvia, Imagining the Indian, Acid Man, and His Only Son. Those are all limited releases. Then we get some limited releases... As early as this upcoming Tuesday, the 4th. The Verse of the Condor and One Day as a Lion. A couple wide releases. On the 5th, On a Wing and a Prayer. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, it's a plane movie. With Dennis Quaid. Drama. Okay, that... That is interesting. That is very interesting. I'm surprised he's even still doing movies. No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. And the other big one being Super Mario Brothers. I would imagine this would be the big movie that is number one during the Easter weekend. And the, the one last limited release being One True Love's. looks like one of those who do you pick type of movies because it's forced to choose between the husband she has long thought dead and the fiance who has finally brought her back to life yeah (laughs) not sure that will uh, do well (laughs) I don't know I think think John Wick chapter 4 stays number 1 Over the weekend. But I wouldn't rule out. The Dungeons and Dragons movie. Being number one. Depending on how big of a drop. Wick has. But I wouldn't think it would drop that badly. I mean Wick. For the most part has been. A hit all around. Since the first movie came out. People have loved it. And I'd imagine next weekend. Will be big for Mario. There's no way. I mean, unless there's something that finds a way to disrupt it, I would think Easter weekend is going to belong to Illumination and Universal. We'll definitely be talking about some more Nintendo stuff with gaming probably towards the end of this podcast. So, talk more about Nintendo later. As far as when you look at television you look at TV and you see yourself in this situation of how long do you keep a show going? How long do you want to have it on until you decide it's all over? Now, ridiculousness, which has been on for almost 12 years, go back to July of 2011 when that came out. It's been on with so many episodes. I feel like I feel like there's been over, what, 600 episodes in that short span. And unfortunately, whether you like it or not, it's been part of MTV's schedule for many years and it's to the point where you wonder could MTV afford to lose ridiculousness because of the the cheapness of the show i mean in production in what it does and i look at it as similar to tosh O from comedy central but not relying on stupid gimmicks and looking at outdated videos. I mean, you could watch any episode of ridiculousness and be thoroughly laughing. Although, when you have the show on 100 hours a week, it kind of burns your brain. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case with Chelsea Dudley, a.k.a. Chanel West Coast leaving the show. I think it's interesting that she has decided to leave after 12 years. Well, it sounds like she has some plans in mind. Be curious about it. I'm looking at from... Look at US Weekly for a second... Feels great after her exit, following 12 years as its co-host. I'm going to say, she probably wants to focus on other things like being a mother. I know she just had a kid recently. And look at other avenues. I mean, she's into music as well. Wants to do other stuff. She wants to do her own thing. And I imagine 12 years of doing the show... She wants to she wants to do her own stuff, but the but the big question is, will people follow her to other stuff? And I imagine they would initially. Maybe maybe there's something behind the scenes that she would like to do, maybe with MTV or maybe with some other network, sign a new overall deal with Paramount Media Network. So maybe it just sounds like do other stuff. But you don't see that with other shows. Usually when someone big leaves, it usually leads to potentially like a ratings drop. I'm not sure if that will be the case with Ridiculousness, though. It'd be interesting to see how much drops, especially as time goes on and maybe people get burnt out on the show even though there's no continuity or anything of that matter I'm trying to think of like a sh- like a show where there's been some other stuff over the years of people leaving after so long look at look at the NCIS stuff i mean Mark Harmon's not even acting in the show anymore i think he's still part of the production but they have Gary Cole as the main lead for, for that. You know, just thinking that, just thinking that with other Paramount produced stuff or CBS. Think about William Peterson, CSI. CSI was like the biggest show in the mid two thousands. Just the way they did stuff with that show, and Peterson left. I want to say, a good seven eight years into the show, and the show still did well with. With Lawrence Fishburne, but that's the thing. Without some people, you wonder how you sustain that success. And sometimes, if not most of the time, it just it doesn't. And I think that's as we move on to other avenues of of television, including. There was like a blurb I seen on CNN about a week or two ago having some of the lowest of ratings. I'm not sure if it's average or for the 18 to 49 demographic. They're worst in 10 years. I think what doesn't help is CNN being in tons of controversy Now, there's controversy over at Fox News with some lawsuit with Dominion over specific things over the last few years, but when you look at how much of a downfall CNN has had over the course of the last two years, I mean, it's pretty obvious you don't have any Trump-hating coverage, or at least as strong as it was when Trump was president, or leaning heavily on left-leaning stuff. But it goes beyond just reporting on the left side of things. It's the resignation of of their president Jeff Zucker. It involves the controversies of people such as such as Chris Cuomo and seeing the issues of Don Lemon and some of these other people. And this is coming as Warner Brothers Discovery is trying to change things at CNN. And that's part of why you see Fox News still being one of the biggest ratings grabbers for for political news. And MSNBC, despite their struggles, they've done okay themselves. Because they're not as crazy with with left-leaning stuff like CNN, though they still get their own audiences. I wonder if this whole thing with Alvin Bragg in New York City would have been a big ratings grabber for CNN, because the DA of Manhattan has found himself under death threats in the way he has handled trying to prosecute and get... Donald Trump arrested. And I think it comes down to. Multiple things. One. Political reasons. Pretty obviously. You got crazy Trump people. That will go after Bragg. But I think the other big thing. And this is something I'll talk about. As I move into sports. How soft. Bragg is on crime. In New York City. Been a lot of stuff going on regarding the rise of anti-Semitism, really hate towards all sorts of ethnicities. That's why I'm disappointed at the fact that just thinking that with sports, Masahiro Tanaka not being a Yankee since, since he left following the 2020 season because of the hate that he gets, you know, being a Japanese Player. You know, just too much hate. And it goes beyond more than just black people. I think just the soft stance on crime, look at how bad New York City's gotten. Look at how bad it's gotten. And not to mention, I mean, just to go with some other political stuff, TikTok. Potentially being banned here in the United States. A lot of people supposedly getting frustrated. I feel like TikTok is more that type of thing for teenagers. And supposedly small businesses rely on it to get their stuff across. Maybe their way of trying to connect to the kids now these days, but. With all this stuff happening all across the world, you know, it's a matter of trying to protect people. I don't think it's meant to be ill will or anything of that matter, but it's just a matter of time before, you know, tons of data gets, you know, put out into the public, you know, of these teenagers. You never know what kind of dangerous thing can happen to kids. You just don't know. So, to move that into sports, talking about Temple University. So, this is around Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. And the guy that was the president, just to check that out for a minute... Temple University, yep, Public University, Temple, President resigning, John Wingard. I think it, it it's not a surprise. Look at some of the crime rates, like I said. I mean, look at New York City, look at Philadelphia, look at some of these big-name cities. Look at what's happening and nothing being done to prevent crime. And I think this is coming off the heels of seeing some crime I shouldn't even say crime shootings that have occurred in some of these big name universities and schools. You had a shooting that just happened recently in Nashville at a high school. Michigan State had a shooting not too long ago. Nothing is being done to to stop this rise of crime and these soft stances from DAs and some of these things that should be felonies but misdemeanors in some of these other type of things like theft and multiple other things. it's, It's gotten more dangerous. That's why down in Oregon, a couple Walmarts shut down in Portland because of theft, because of the rise in crime. And it's not just big name corporations and and whatnot. You also have local places that have gotten robbed. Just to go on with, with gaming for a brief second, there was a big robbery in, I believe it was Missouri. I believe it was in Fenton, Missouri. That was called Trade In Games. Just gonna look at that for a minute. Trade In, yeah, in Fenton. This was a robbery that occurred... Yeah, about... Almost four years ago. Big robbery. About $100,000 worth of rare games stolen. Just to go into that with... with how bad... Seattle has been. Pink Gorilla. Pink Gorilla... I believe has been robbed a few times... Yeah, $14,000 burglary, and that was about almost six months ago. Oh, there was another incident that occurred about a month... Fourth time, at that time of October of this past year, fourth time the place had been robbed in six months. Man. Stealing Pokemon and you get me... There's hot stuff all around with certain things. Pokemon is about as hot as you can get with certain things. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some big robbery stuff in regards to something like, say, Zelda, for example. But to go back to the original point, maybe it just seems like with the Temple thing, this president, uh, Wingard, who has been involved in other universities, such as Columbia University. It just seems like maybe staff didn't feel they were being protected good enough or didn't feel like they were doing enough to protect the students. I mean, lots of bad things, not just shootings. I mean, there's bad things that can happen on a university campus. You know, dorm room, Something could happen, you know, whether it's like a fire or assault disturbances. You'd be surprised with how bad university kits can get. And this is not to be mean about Alabama basketball. Move on to that for a second. It's kind of a good thing they got eliminated from. From the tournament, because so I think if they continued on, I feel like something bad would have really happened to to Brandon Miller. But the final four is set for Saturday. You got Florida and Atlantic and San Diego State facing each other, and the late game being Miami, Florida, and Yukon. Honestly, I don't know who wins it. My gut says. but I feel like San Diego State could win it all. I mean, it's even ground with the exception of Florida Atlantic. Who knows? And the LLB season has begun. First games of today, and looking at some of the scores right now, we got... Got a couple finals. New York Yankees shutting down the San Francisco Giants 5-0. The Atlanta Braves with a big win to start the season against the Washington Nationals. It's the top of the ninth right now in Boston as the Red Sox are losing to the Baltimore Orioles 10-7. to Wrigley Field is excited. Cubbies win 4 nothing against Milwaukee Brewers. Late game right now, three nothing Tampa Bay Rays against the Detroit Tigers. Early showing in the third inning, but Philadelphia Phillies up four nothing against the Texas Rangers. Heading to the fourth. Or bottom of the third, excuse me. Pittsburgh Pirates 1-1 against the Cincinnati Reds. Minnesota Twins and the Kansas City Royals with no score, heading to the bottom of the fourth. Toronto Blue Jays for against the St. Louis Cardinals, sending to the bottom of the second. And one nothing New York Mets against the Miami Marlins here in the bottom of the fourth. Be an interesting season with some of the pitch clock violation stuff and banning of the shift. We'll see how that fares. Going to be an interesting season, that's for sure. But so is inching closer to the playoffs for both the NHL and the NBA. You look at where the NHL is, got some interesting stories, or at least storylines for what could happen with some of these conferences. Right now, you got the Minnesota Wild leading the way in the Western Conference Central Division. Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche are not too far behind. Next closest, and this is a nine-point difference, Winnipeg Jets with 85 points. The Jets are the eighth team in the conference for the playoffs. As we look at the Pacific Division, Vegas overall with points leading the way in the conference in the Pacific Division as well. LA Kings, Edmonton Oilers doing well. Surprisingly, the Seattle Kraken are in a running for the playoffs. But it's going to be tight with Winnipeg and Seattle on account of the Nashville Predators at 82 points. Calgary Flames at 83. (coughs) Got about anywhere from 7 to 9 games left for these guys. Flames and Predators still have a chance to to sneak in or take over Winnipeg or Seattle. The rest, not so much. Next closest for any is St. Louis and Vancouver, though it's a huge, huge long shot. But leading the way for the entire league, so we head to the Eastern Conference, Boston Bruins, 119 points. This team has been Unbelievable! 57 wins, 12 losses, and 5 overtime losses. You know how crazy that is to win 57 games? And there's still, what, 8 games to go for this team? Maybe a little more? Toronto is next on that list. You got Tampa Bay Lightning. And the... Well, actually looking at it now, we got about five teams in the Metropolitan Division that could find themselves in the playoffs, but see how that goes with the Carolina Hurricanes leading the way, New Jersey Devils, New York Rangers, I believe, right now, Boston, Toronto, Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers, they all have clinched a playoff spot on account of the points they have, so it'll be fun to see to see some antics between, say, Rangers, Devils, or Toronto, Toronto, New Jersey. Could happen with anything. Next closest is the New York Islanders, and more than likely, they'll probably be in the playoffs. Just need a win. Need to win at least three more games or so. If I had to guess penguins are on the verge of potentially being out and same thing with the uh, with the panthers florida could only be room for one <laughs> um, bunch of lo- there's like a few long shots but i can't imagine washington getting in buffalo getting in though buffalo had a really good year compared to years past Ottawa is a long shot as well. I would say it's over for Philadelphia and Detroit. Looking at the NBA standings, things are still looking okay for the most part. (coughs) I don't think there's been any major changes. Milwaukee... Boston, Philadelphia, and Cleveland all have a playoff spot. Not too far behind is the New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets, Miami Heat, Atlanta Hawks. The play-in will be, depending on how things fare, the Toronto Raptors and Chicago Bulls have been playing a little better recently. And both of them could be playing tournament people against Miami and Atlanta not too far behind Chicago is Washington though they've been struggling recently same with uh, Indiana Orlando's been five and five over the last 10 games so it could be it could be a fight to see who tries to get in and there's about six games left for some five for others. As this season is drawing to a close. I would imagine the Knicks and Nets would stay at 5-6. and six, But Miami could sneak in to be the 6th seed potentially. And force the Nets to be in the play-in tournament. You look at Denver. They're leading the way. They've already got their divisional win spot. Memphis as well. Sacramento is qualified for the playoffs. Four through 12, it could be anyone. You know, things will change dramatically. Because you got Phoenix 41-35, Clippers, LA Clippers 41-36. Clippers have been on a roll lately. Seven and three in their last ten games. Phoenix has been struggling a bit recently. Warriors have been playing a little better, six and four last ten games. Minnesota seventh in the in the playoff seeding. Six is the Warriors. L.A. Lakers eighth. Your playing tournament people are the New Orleans Pelicans and the Oklahoma City Thunder. All three Lakers, Pelicans, Thunder have been playing decently over the last ten games. Dallas Mavericks have fallen off a bit recently, 3-7 and seven the last 10 games. Utah, kind of in the same spot, but 5-5. Five and five. Definitely need a lot of things to go their way if they want to be in the playing tournament. Portland has been really bad recently, and same thing with San Antonio's had a really bad season. Same thing with Houston although I believe Damian Lillard is done for the year. I believe he's... I believe he's finished. Regardless, I think it'll be a lot more interesting in the Western Conference just due to that the seeding's can be altered at any point over the next two weeks. It could happen. It could really happen. There have been some complaints recently of favoritism towards the Warriors and several other big market teams in regards to referee bias, free throw stuff. Minnesota making complaints about Phoenix recently. to tell you it's just nothing will I don't think will ever be fixed. And until some of these big superstars are gone, I mean basketball will I think will favor some of these bigger markets with some of these bigger name players that are on there. It's it's unfortunately the nature of the beast NASCAR Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix Circuit of the Americas Tyler Reddick winning first place big win for the 45 car Kyle Busch second place Alex Bowman third Ross Chastain another big big finish fourth William Byron fifth Austin Cindric sixth Ricky Stenhouse Jr seventh Chris Buescher 8th, Ty Gibbs, which is pretty good at 9th, and Ty Gilliland, 10th. Other notables include Corey LaJoy, 11th, Michael McDowell, 12th, Kevin Harvick, 13th, Kyle Larson, 14th, Chase Briscoe, 15th, Denny Hamlin, 16th, Martin Truex Jr., 17th, Noah Gragson, 20th, Ryan Blaney, 21st, Harrison Burton, 22nd, Eric Jones, 23rd, Daniel Suarez, 27th. Joey Logano, 28th. Nurk Almarola, 30th. Chris Bell, 31st. Austin Dillon, 33rd. A.J. Allmendinger, 34th. Brad Keselowski, 35th. Bubba Wallace, 37th. Jimmy Johnson, 38th. And Ty Dillon, 39th. There'll be a lot of questions into the Suarez thing because... Yeah. Post race incident, wrecked into Bowman over some stuff that happened with some of these drivers. Fifty thousand dollars. Wonder if he got to find any points. Yeah, nudging <laughs> near near an official. <laughs> Man. Double overtime restart, top five. Chastain bumped Bowman into Suarez. Truex was having a good game, a good race. Man. One of these days... One of these days... Chastain's going to get punched. There was even like a headline of an article that there will be a fight coming soon between... Sw- not Suarez, uh, Chastain and Kyle Bush. I think I'd rather have popcorn for the Hamlin Chastain fight. I think it. I think it'll definitely happen. It, it, it's gonna blow up. I think it'll blow up sometime during the summer, right before the playoffs begin and it's going to burn one or the other I I, I see it happening and there really isn't too much to say with the NFL other than the draft is coming in a month the big thing being Lamar Jackson wanting to be traded especially with some of these teams that have decided not to go and pursue him believe Atlanta's sticking to Desmond Ritter. They're not pursuing Jackson anymore. I mean, some of these other teams aren't as well. The health of Lamar is going to be the biggest concern. And I would say the passing to a certain extent, too. He just hasn't been able to be healthy. And it's been at points down the stretch, and they haven't looked all that great when he's not around. The question I would say can he be smarter with the ball? I mean, sure, he'll run, but can he be smarter with his accuracy and throwing the ball? Can he be aware of what to do and when to not take the big hit? Just slide and just... Because this guy can still be a good talent. And you got some other running QBs that are just as good. Look at what Jalen Hurts did. He had a really good year, but he also had an arm with the support that Philadelphia gave him. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith... That's a pretty good duo. Baltimore would kill to have someone like that. Look at what Cincinnati has with the duo of of Chase and Higgins. Tell me you don't want a group like that. And the only other thing I can think of that would be kind of newsworthy is... Miles Sanders... 6 years 25 million not 6 years a uh, 4 years 25 million for a little over 6 million a year with Carolina my gut my gut tells me they're going to get a QB first overall pick no doubt in my mind need someone i can't imagine who they have right now is going to make a difference Now of all that talk, there's been a little bit of stuff boiling with Dan Levitard talking about sports debate shows and ripping into First Take and some of the stuff involving what ESPN has and what other networks have done. I would say over the course of the last who knows how long. Just to look at that, Dan Levitard. Just looking for it. I mean, but you look at how things are. Yeah, this is from a few days ago. about you know that's the whole thing about these sports debate stuff started by say Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless and trying to create I think bigger stories than what they are intended to be and to get their point across obnoxiousness and all this other stuff which is why You've seen other networks try to copy it. That's why Fox has some of that stuff for their Fox Sports stuff. That's why Bayless bailed ESPN to go to Fox. The funny thing that came to my mind, and Smith said that, the line, you ain't innocent. Smith ain't wrong. Levitard has taken advantage of the whole sports debate stuff. That's why he had Highly Questionable for a while I mean But at the same time I think people want Genuine sports stuff They don't want Just a a yelling match Over Small stupid things Or stuff that is a big deal But isn't Truly big deal and there was something funny I saw about Smith saying, like, you got tons of people with no sports knowledge covering stuff. Here's the thing. How many people are burned burned out by by First Take and some of these other other debate type shows? And I think with these being the focal point of ESPN, it's kind of turned off viewers. I think people just want genuine sports stuff and that's why you got a ton of people on YouTube and other websites covering things and trying to get their point across As even though there's times where you see some of these websites try and spread their bias whether it's a Mike Florio or a Julie DeCaro at Deadspin and some of these other websites. It, it just... People want real. They want the truth. They want accuracy. They don't want something that feels like they're faking the the debate and all that. Whether you think it's real, it's, it's basically the equivalency of looking at a court show. How much of it is real? How much of it is not? It's just a mess of a situation. And I think some point down the road, people will want. The real deal back. They want genuine discussion, not some warped-up brain of a seventy-year-old moron who who thinks he's above everyone else. I mean, there's a reason why someone like Skip Bayless is hated by not just viewers but some of the sports athletes, because you don't know if he's genuine or not. And honestly, I hope at some point Fox gets rid of Bayless. He ain't good for sports. He ain't good for anything. So, moving on to, to the last of stuff. So, there's an emulator out there called Dolphin. Now, Dolphin, that was the code name. For what would inevitably be the Nintendo GameCube back around 2000, 2001. You know, that was the name for it for a while. This was an emulator that is 20 years old. Talk about how quick it is to get an emulator. (laughs) But it was strictly for the GameCube, and then later on came back, you know, modified stuff and was compatible with not only the GameCube, but the Wii. And where it stands right now? Recognition. It's getting recognition for being on Steam sometime in the future. I'm going to look at that for a brief moment. Because I've I've seen some people I know that game and some point Second quarter of this year, it's going to be on there. Enhancements such as resolution increase, save states, net play, and you can put your discs in and play them. Not sure how that would fare with using the GameCube discs. I'd be, I would be, I would be pretty scared. But yeah, there's definitely some questions on it. It's a big gray area. <laughs> free software that allows users to emulate copies. It's on now on Steam, where it'll presumably continue to be free. The fact that they haven't been smacked with de- cease and desist by notoriously lit- litigious Nintendo is baffling to around anything that may bring the hammer down. Yeah, I'm going to say, you don't name Nintendo, but, you know, do it legally, yeah. Yeah, this is going to be interesting, to say the least. I mean, GameCube, GameCube certainly has a, its share of love. Uh, definitely a lot of people that try to over-inflate it now these days, but there's definitely some love for it, especially with some of the titles that are on there. Plus, it's easy to probably have something like this now these days compared to finding a GameCube. Because, I mean, GameCubes uh, sold okay, but was one of the worst-selling Nintendo systems for a long time until the Wii U came out. But still... It's cool to see something like this. I think... I think people just want... Emulation to be... Accepted now these days. That's why we have stuff such as... DOSBox, ScumVM... And some of these other stuff that... Without them... You don't see many PC games... Seeing the time of day again. And inevitably... Emulation is going to have to be the only way to play games once machines of consoles, handhelds, they die off. Curious to see how they handle the Wii, though, because the Wii is all motion control type stuff, and it hinders Nintendo a bit more with emulation, because not just the Wii. The DS, the 3DS, the Wii U, and potentially the Switch. They all have certain gimmicks to them that hinder emulation. And it might be tougher to play some of those games down the road. It'll certainly be tougher. I think the toughest will definitely be the the Wii U with not there being much stuff. But I think there might be some go-arounds with with how to handle DS and 3DS stuff. I'd imagine something like a touchscreen for for some of these computers now these days you get like maybe like a third-party stylus thing and use that to to play 3DS or DS games. I think it could work. It's a long shot, but I think it could work. Just got to see how it fares. Anyway, it's nice to see. I'd like to see emulation get more accepted and maybe see more acceptance on trying to get everything to work, including some of the failed systems. Sure, they failed, but that doesn't mean we should choose to ignore them. <sighs> It's crazy to think about that, you know. Especially with, yeah, with looking at the article that I just saw from, I think it was boingboing.com. Nintendo is usually pretty strict, and that's why they'll go after some of these emulation sites that have ROMs of their stuff. It's usually stuff NES up through to maybe DS... Maybe we, to a certain extent. And speaking of that, with GameCube, there was some funny article I read on GameSpot a good while ago, and it was about two people that worked at Nintendo, and that they were talking about a hypothetical Smash Brothers HD release of Melee. And saying it will never happen because of toxicity and it needs to be exactly identical, otherwise people will scoff at it and turn their noses away from it and just be like, nope. <laughs> Which, I can see that being the truth. Nintendo has never been exactly on, on par with with people that have loved Melee so much and obviously there's been a lot of stuff with the Smash Brothers community especially with potential grooming of underage kids, some of it being perpetuated by adult women it's very toxic toxic situation and doing stuff on emulation for the tournaments and a few other things just just not a good good spot for Smash Brothers in general and especially Melee. I don't think anyone would even want a re-release of any Smash Brothers game. And the reason why I say that is because for The original N64 game, I'm not sure if it was on the virtual console at any point, but it's a shallow game. I mean, it's a good shallow game, but it's a bare-bone single-player game, and really the only thing you're going to get that might be fun is the multiplayer. I feel like that's the main thing keeping it alive, I think is the multiplayer I mean sure they've expanded on single player stuff over the years but it's bigger and grander as each game comes out and all these characters that they've gotten for ultimate on the Switch there might not be much reason outside of some of the diehards for each game to want to go back and play some of the older games That's just my guess. And they're... I'm trying to think of anything else. The only other thing I could think of that would be kind of newsworthy is stuff with Resident Evil 4 and some gamers wanting to be pervs and look up one of the main characters look up their skirt or something it's I mean it's juvenile, sure, but I don't know. Have we gotten past the point where maybe not everything needs to be juvenile? I don't mind. I don't mind crass, but there's some things that are too crass. I like. I mean, like I said, I like. I like some R-rated stuff, but don't want to go too deep into the rabbit hole. <laughs> Trying to think of some good M rated stuff. I like I like playing, you know, anything that's regardless of rating. I mean I'll I'll play any rated game. I'll play a teen rated, M rated. Spice of life. <laughs> <laughs> so that about wraps up this episode. As I said before, this podcast is part of Spotify with their combination of anchor.fm with merging it into podcasters for spotify you can also find us on radio public and google podcasts so head on down to those places search for geeks and jocks plenty of content awaits so with that that is episode 148 this is ryan sullivan hope to hear your listeners on the next podcast stay safe stay protected take care of yourself take care everyone